We could try that clap on three because I'm so good at that. We, we tried that. That was a disaster. Wait, wait, George, <laughs> clap with me on three. Okay, one, <laughs> two, three. Oh, no. I'm so bad. No, don't do it again. It makes me feel even worse. That sounded like it worked. I did yeah, the clap. No, let's try it again. Okay, ready? Okay. Oh. One, two, three. <laughs> Are you just clapping a second later to mess with us? What is this? Yeah. It just makes me feel bad. We even do it for martial arts, and I'm always off, too, and they all look at me, and I'm like, uh uh-huh. Why does it sound like Bree's really pensive and thinking about what everything that she's going to say tonight? It sounds like she's <laughs> thinking for an extra second before she speaks. <laughs> No, that's not going to happen. Please, no. (laughs) Don't sync it up to the clap. Hi there, and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree and Squarespace, and we will tell you all about them later. Right now, I am joined, as always, by a games boss at Giant Space, Capriano Wu. How you doing, Bray? I am excellent, Steve. Thank you very much for asking. I'm super psyched to be here on Isometric, and I am thinking I'm going to crash this bookshelf because it's been a while since I've done it. <gasps> who, who wants to hear me crash this bookshelf right here? I do. I do. do, you? do you? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Did you do it? I couldn't even really hear that the books not- fall. Bree, Bree, I'm sorry. I, I okay, asked for on. a do-over. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, wait a, wait a minute. Let me go buy stock in Ikea before the next one. Hang on one second. <laughs> wait, let me turn the mic towards it. I and... could hear you screaming, but not the books right, screaming, sorry, as it were. Books screaming. Yeah! Yes! Oh, that, was that, was that is ah! the book smashing. That's the that, stuff right there. That I show up for. <laughs> right? I am an adult. <laughs> we're all adults here. You know what? That's a yeah. great t-shirt. I want that on a t-shirt. I'm an adult. We say that a lot on this show. That could be the next isometric t-shirt. That should be our new ending. Like, I, I like that. I'm an adult. I am an adult. Like we all just say it at once. Didn't we come up with a new ending two weeks ago? Did you guys make Chris We, we tried it? it. It didn't go very well. It went Aww. poorly. Yes. <laughs> so so we also have back from uh, back from the wilds of Portland, we have editor at the Mary Sue and professional shower upper, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? <laughs> I'm doing great. I ate so many delicious foods in Portland. That's the main reason to go to Portland. But also I played a bunch of cool games at XOXO Fest. So listener, that's your motivation to listen all the way to the end of this show at which I will discuss those games. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was that was some genuine enthusiasm right there. Yeah, I'm pretty I excited to be back. I thought she was just quoting Bree there. I, I thought she was talking to me. I, heard, I was like, oh, woo, yeah, Bree. What? Woo, <laughs> comma, Brianna. And we also have um, psychotherapist and editor at imore.com and BB-8 toy owner, Georgia <gasps> what? Dow. What? I have my BB-8 finally. Oh, my God. It's so Wait much better than I thought it would be. So much better. You got a BB-8, but you still don't have a Wii U. I know is, this is this yeah. is the world that we live in. <laughs> to be fair, that makes a lot of sense to me because I really want a BB-8. I really, so. really BB-8. Like, so do you put the BB-8 in your little carriage with Rob and just wheel them around and be like, "I'm a robot mom." Rob, Rob who? No. Um. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, wow. No, 
No. Now we know who your favorite child is, and it's BB-8. Oh, my wow. God. He's so cute. He's so cute and adorable. You can actually send him little voice commands. You can ask him how he's feeling. He's like... And he, like, it's really hard to drive him around. He's a sfido. He's like a little ball. He's got a little magnetic head on him, and it moves around, and he's absolutely cute and adorable. I, I just love him. The only thing I would say that is a down point is um, that he doesn't have a sound chip inside of him, so all of his noises come through your iPhone or iPad or Android phone, whatever that might be. And so that's a negative point to that. But for everything else, he's just so cute. He even, like, moves around when he's charging, and he listens to your voice, and he'll face you. All right, I love all right. Georgia, I got to ask. Okay, <laughs> we have a very inclusive podcast here, and you know, I've listened to your comments on Rob and now BB-8. If you're a robosexual, you can come out on the show today. I, I want to let you know we won't judge you much. Much. <laughs> much. It's okay with me. I, 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 love, I love my BB-8. Okay. I'm actually going to make a little track behind me so that when I do, like, little, like, video podcasts, you'll be able to, like patrol behind me i'm so excited you should just have him on camera and that's it yeah he should just host all of your shows yeah Uh, he's so cute he is that cute he's really adorable like they're expensive but it's so adorable can you really put a price on love though i don't think so i mean (laughs) i I think that's what love no (laughs) that's priceless it's a lifetime yeah so can I tell you guys something? Why not? Okay, I'm gonna. I I can't post this in the, the in like uh, Twitter or whatever because it will be used against me. But when I knocked uh, across the bookshelf right now, I ran into uh, one of the first design drawings I did for Amelia, and I knock it off the shelf and I go, "Wow, that is really really sexualized." And so I'm gonna send this over oh, to you. This see- is a picture of Amelia's butt. Uh, this is what we call an orthographic sketch. And, you know, I'm proud of that butt. That is what a very... is an orthographic sketch? So uh, when you create a skeletal mesh, you basically have to draw the character, like, mathematically, precisionly from four different angles, top, side, front, and back. And what you do is you end up putting the sketches a certain distance. And it's like carving marble. So you, like, slowly sculpt it so it matches up with each of the orthographic views and slowly you end up with a 3D mesh. So, yeah, that is Amelia's butt. I want to <laughs> sure see it. It's in the iMessage, not oh, in the chat okay, room. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, oh. chat room. It's, it's being sexted to us on our phone. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I it's being sexted to, to Rob, actually, I think is what's going right. on. <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah, is, I know, uh, right? Isn't that a great butt? I'm very. She looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to go to the a gym. Lot of, She's yes. got like that dancer's leg where she has the separate thigh muscle that you yeah. know means she works out a lot and does yeah. a lot of squats. Well, you know, there's no one that knows how to draw that feels like they should have taken fewer anatomy classes. So, like, that's why when you you draw, you always draw characters naked, and then you add clothes on top well, of it yeah, because of you're course. yeah. So. Plus, everybody has a butt anyway, even when right. it's covered by like a ton of armor. It's yeah. still there. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Thank Hello. you, Meg. Unless yeah. you're Rob or BB-8. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's true. Not. So, yeah. so do we want to do we want to reveal <laughs> the uh, the the Georgia Mecha Godzilla results now, or do we want to make them wait for the end? I feel like we want to make them wait for the end of the show to reveal if Georgia. Yeah, we I think it's Georgia's prerogative. Yeah, right? so, Georgia, we'll leave it up to you since it was your 
Let's um, let's wait. Let's okay. wait because because I need to know. Okay. So okay. All right. So we will tell. Do we, we want to talk about any of the others? <laughs> yeah. Let's do all yeah. of them. Let's go through because everyone's been like waiting. Everyone messages me what's what's happening. Well, we, we tweeted some of them. Yeah, we did tweet some of them. So, so okay. we did a survey. If you're first listening, we've done a survey for the last uh, month or so that we finally wrapped up this week. So, Maddie is. Am I just gonna like they're beautiful read, charts and graphs? Read yes. out the data in a monotone. Yes. I don't know how to make this that's fun only, for everybody. That's the only way to do it. Unless what, what did you yell. learn, Maddie? Um, what have you learned from this whole exercise? I, guess? I learned that our listeners are extremely snarky when we offer them write-in options. That's honestly <laughs> what, are some what of I learned. The best write-in and options? I, I didn't show you guys all of this stuff because I, I mean, I can like send you a huge um, yeah. spreadsheet, which yeah. I'm yeah. happy to do. Yeah. But I was kind yeah. of hoping to try to turn some of the write-in options that were offered to me into actual data because we did like write-in options for race for example and like some of our readers were very cute and they wrote stuff like white bread which is not <laughs> easily extracted into a pie chart listeners <laughs> and you're all very adorable somebody wrote somebody wrote night elf for example Ooh, that's adorable on, again Maddie, doesn't respect. really translate wait, yeah. wait, are you anti-elvish i'm not anti-elvish so anyway we have like a one percent night elf listenership okay. just so that people know Love that. anyway um so i might have to like hand massage some of these results at least the write-in ones because they they don't break down into fancy How little charts people wrote down panda <laughs> nobody wrote down pandas. no one panda for race we have no panda listeners as far as we know no. i mean i mean admittedly i guess they can't type they, they, only... they just kind of mash the keyboard and they have trouble right. hitting the submit button right. do we right. want to say how many people answered the survey i mean like i don't know how much detail no. you guys it was over nine thousand. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how many listeners we have but sadly that's not how many survey respondents we have but people could still respond if they want to um i'm not going to take it down for for a little while uh, oh, and there's another like write-in option where people could suggest their guests, and for that, everybody like spelled everything in a different way. So I I will try to turn those those write-in answers into something more readable on my own time, or I'll just make Steve do it because most of those write-in questions were his ideas. Well, that's so. what that's what I do for a living anyway is fix bad data. So you know that's sure <laughs> that's I'll what just I do. email you a spreadsheet and be like fix it. Anyway, so some of them made these nice charts, and Georgia and Briardi tweeted them. If you want to like look at the visual version of what the charts look like, but uh, the first question was what your favorite segments are, and um, we asked people to give them a score between one and nine, like to a ranking out of these nine topics, and. Um, the top rated one was video game news, which scored sort of a 6.5 on average. And then after that, there's goofball nonsense, which is like the pre-jacked episode <laughs> or name that game that um, scored a six on average out of nine. And then the next one after that is psychoanalysis. So Georgia's corner. Um, <laughs> and then after that, at like 5.5 is what we're playing. And that's the last segment we do every week on the show. After that is games journalism. That's my domain, which is pretty much tied with social justice and developer analysis, which is Bree's stuff. Woo. And then the Wait, last I two, think I'm the only social we all got about person. five yeah. as our right. vote for yeah. games journalism, yeah. developer analysis, and social justice. Those three topics got five. Why? What were you going to say? 
Do you not trust the data, Bree? <laughs> I trust it. I trust it. I'm just so happy about what ranked last. Like this is. The I best know we're getting to that. Ever. Okay, yeah. so then after that was parenting, which was surprisingly low, a little bit over three in average. Which again, this surprised me. But if you're listening now and you're thinking that's bonkers and you want that to change, you can always email us. I have fired my children though, so you know. Yeah. It, so Steve, Steve, and Georgia have both fired their children because they're not relevant to the show. But if you want them to come back, then you can write in and let us know. Um, and then the final topic that was the least popular that we've ever talked about is Gamergate Woo! coming in at about two point five on average, which means that the most people put that last. And for that, we thank you because we don't like talking about it. And the more nebulous social justice topic is. Uh, how we prefer to approach that as opposed to just talking about Gamergate, which I think we can all agree is part of a bigger problem anyway, oh, you know? Well, guys, I think I'm going to be sick just thinking about it. <laughs> Hold on, I may Get have to Bria go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Are you okay. just so sad that we're not going to talk oh, about it anymore? Oh, so is that what it is? Up. I love talking about Gamergate. I, I mm. love it when major news outlets call me up and ask to put a camera in my face and ask me questions about suffering and then yeah. I get to suffer on camera. And you love <laughs> yeah. feeling like socially pressured and obligated to continue to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, I know I do. so great. Oh, it's great. All right. Should we talk about game news? <laughs> yeah, why don't we talk about some video Yay! game news that people want us to talk about? So Yeah, we people a- like video game news. That's what we've heard from this survey. <laughs> So, uh, so we had a couple of big releases uh, this week, and probably, w- and one of the biggest ones was the release of the Taken King, which you know Bree has Bree has definitely been looking forward to for ages and ages. So, um, I- I'll open the floor up to you, Bree, because there's been a lot of writing about it, and you've been looking forward to this for a really long time. So, is this living up to everything that you were hoping that it was going to be? Okay, so like this is. I'm trying to imagine something really awesome, so I'm going to put this in Georgia <laughs> Dow terms. Okay, Georgia, imagine stabbing an orc in the face in the neck forever. <laughs> that, oh my god! That, that does sound so... pretty appealing when you put it that way. Wait, am I wearing a yeti costume or I, am I? Well, not I mean, obviously, a yeti right. Yeah. If it's cold out and you need right. your Yeti costume, then yeah, right. you've got it on. So, Georgia, okay, okay. it's like murdering 9,000 or I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> relieving the suffering of 9,000 orcs <laughs> while shooting that sniper rifle that you were firing while like, I don't know, like while stealing Renee's Facebook to like play Candy Crush. Oh, oh, like it's great. all those things put together is so good. Is so good. Is so unbelievably good. It's like they took all of the problems with the original Destiny, where the story was like the equivalent of like some wheat thins that have been sitting in your cabinet since the eighties, and like you open up the box <laughs> and one. That was the Destiny story, right? It was terrible, and now was really it is hungry. so. It's like so funny, but by like putting some script that actors can read and put emotion into like Nathan Fillion is so great. I mean, it is uh, like mechanics wise, it's much deeper. The story missions are so much more interesting. The, the levels are more adjusted. It's just superior in every way it could have been. And this is the game destiny should have been last year when it showed. Wow. So wow. yes, I give this, 10 out of 10 is the just amazing. And you should run to go get this expansion. It's so good. Oh, all right. 
You know, I don't so, think like, yeah. Hmm. I know you have a different opinion, Steve, because you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything you just said because Nathan Fillion, in, he actually really does make a huge difference, like making the story missions not like cringeworthy. And even like the ghost dialogue is actually more entertaining because it's written better, even though like you can I was playing through some of the story missions after they after they got rid of Peter Dinklage, but before from the original, I guess what they call vanilla destiny. Yeah, and replaced him with Nolan North, right? Yeah, they replaced him with Nolan North and it's better, but it's still Nolan North like working with crappy dialogue. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I've never heard Nolan North do any plot where he sounds like he's like, oh, what is this? All right. Well, I'm getting paid. Well, I mean, it's kind of like Natalie Portman in the in the Star Wars prequels. Like, you right. know she's a good actress, but she's got terrible material to work with. Right. I wouldn't say it's terrible. I guess I would say this. Like, the way they write that character is kind of um, antiseptic, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a character with no feeling. And I actually prefer Peter Dinklage now in retrospect. So I think, you know, I feel like the writing of Destiny overall is excellent this time. I just think, like, that character, there's very little you can do with it. Like, compare, like, unknown from Rev 60, who reads every single line in, like, this flat, unemotional way. And, you know, it's just, like, the character, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all, yeah. And it's also the fact that there's, like, other characters to ha- have conversations instead of just, like, the ghost monologuing at you. Right. Yeah, that probably helps. Um, and then, you know, hearing some of the conversation from back of the tower between the, the, the vanguards and, and the, the conversations between them and the ghosts, like it makes it more interesting just because you're not listening to the same voice and he's not trying to carry the whole thing by himself. So yeah. it does make a big difference. And the story missions in, in the expansion are better. I think that the there was, there was an article that I came across that kind of felt like my experience of it trying to catch up. If you haven't been playing this all along and you're not at max level and then you're trying to get there, it's very hard to get back into right now just because of – and this may not be a permanent thing. I think it's more because of the – you know, the excitement of the the new expansion and everybody's trying to do new stuff. But like it's very hard to get into content where you don't feel like you're holding somebody else back when Mm -hmm. you're doing it because like – you know, everyone who's playing this is already at level 34. They're doing level 34 or they've, they've, there's some trick where you can get up to level 40 in what, like three minutes. And there's, so they're all doing that content and you need to kind of, even with the level boost, you have to work your way up. You know, it's not a problem with the game necessarily, but it's a problem with the, you know, the environment and it'll probably correct itself. But for right now, somebody who's like, you know, really excited about it and trying to get back into it, it is something of a lonely experience right now. You know, if you go and get an MMO, right now I could go onto eBay or whatever and buy a Final Fantasy White Mage that was level 50 that had already gotten through all the Heaven's Word content, and I would be the worst party member in history because yes. I yes. would not understand yes. how, to, how the proper mechanics are. Yeah. All the proper mechanics, healing mm-hmm. over time, that Medica draws aggro, all these kinds of things. Like, Steve, what you've done in using a slight level boost is you've cheated yourself to a certain extent because it doesn't take long to get through level 20. And, you know, then getting to level 26 is like, what, maybe another 10 hours? I mean, you know, you're missing so many lessons. And then at that point, 
you know, like they boosted you up to level twenty six. Like, what do you want? Just a button no. to push in your level thirty four? No, that's not what I'm saying FWC? at all. I'm not saying yeah. that at all. I'm just yeah. saying that yeah. it's you're you're still you know it, they're trying to make that experience more welcoming for new players, which is something that they have to do, right? But it's something that I, I think that they're counting on a lot of people coming back to Destiny with the Taken King, and I think that they're they they may have to some extent oversold the the amount that you can just kind of jump right in and you know pick up with people who have been playing it all along and been talking about it it seemed like it was a good jumping in point and it's not really and then that's nothing wrong with it necessarily you know and it's just a matter of that's that's just a reality of it but it no the game it's not making it sound that easy to me i mean like if i did what i told you guys i might do in the text field uh, text thing that we have where I was like, I have some friends who've not played destiny at all. And I started playing with them. Would that be possible? Of like, course it would. If you're starting at level but one, would it yeah. Be, yeah. 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 I would go back. I would have to, because I feel like that would be the only way I could possibly do it at this point. Like I don't, what you try to do, Steve is kind of get Speed the best of it. both worlds, I guess by, by being like, well, I'm just going to really <laughs> sink into this for a week. Cause you had the vacation, which kind of allowed you to do that. And then you were like, well, I'm not on vacation anymore. So, um, how can I kind of speed through the rest so that I can play with my friends who are ahead of me? Um, and that, it kind of sounds like you're saying that's just not possible unless somebody has like a month long vacation to yeah. do it in. And, and I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to make this all about me either. I'm just, Well, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of about me now because now I'm like, am (laughs) I going to be able to do this? I basically want it to be about me. Steve, tell me what I should do. (laughs) Destiny is a game that I want to be really clear. This new expansion for year two has so much content and the quality is so much higher. It solves so many of the problems of the original Destiny. And this isn't just me. Like, go read what Polygon is saying, what my friends are saying, like, read what everyone is saying about this game. They're saying it's excellent. So I want to be really clear with this. Destiny is a game that's going to be around for a long time. And, you know, if you want to make sure you're at the bottom right now, I got to level 34 in three weeks. And I think it's worth it because it's an excellent experience. You know, maybe you don't want to, but like this is as good a time as any to get in there. Well, I love MMOs. Like I love them probably too much. Like I was one of those people that were on EverQuest and it's like daytime and I'm still playing the game, camping out for some sort of set of boots that I can use to help PK people better. You know, my thought of it is one is it's not like one of those like ever camp kind of games. I can like leave it after a few hours and it's not like I'm going to destroy the playing enjoyment. Or is this a game where once you start playing, you kind of have to play for like three or four hours at a time? No, no, you can do one mission. Uh, Some of the missions, some of the, the Vanguard missions, like where it's three strikes in a row that can take like two or three hours, you know, Um, but but most, most stuff is like you do a mission is 20, 30 minutes and you're done. And that is the vast majority of it. A lot of this stuff is just like, go screw around in the environment and do some bounties and you're done and then go turn them in and that's it. So no, this is like, what I love about this, Georgia is it's the exact opposite of what you've said. Like uh, you boot it up every single time. And in the lower left-hand side, there, some icons of missions you can do. You can do nightfalls, you can do weekly strikes, you can do A, B, or C. And you just turn it on, and you do it, and you're done. You know, so it's it's a game that's really 
like Syracuse talks about how his PS4 is only a Destiny machine because he'll come in on the weekends and play PS4 uh, Destiny with his son, and he's done. You know, and that's the way Destiny is made to be played. And if, uh, well, I'll probably ask you later because this is outside. So if you had like a two-person party, so if my husband and I played, I'm going to ask you some like suggestions on the sure. best coupling of couples so that like a part couple. <laughs> um, uh, let me, can we retake? I'll just read. Let's go backwards. No, that was perfect. Keep going. The best coupling of couples. Paired <laughs> characters <laughs> to level up. That still sounds bad, but you together. I mean, mean, it really doesn't. Destiny doesn't really work that way. Um, You know, it's really about whatever feels best for you. It's not like every party needs needs a tank. It's destiny is not like that. Like it's better if you have an atlas and you also have like a hunter. But you know, you can make any party work. It's I would say find what works with your play style. Georgia, like you, I like to stab people about the face and the neck as I play video (laughs) games. So I play as the hunter. Yes. You know, that's very important to me to like have that, you know, like when they get too near me. So, yeah. Can you do split screen in Destiny, though? There is not. There's no split screen, sadly. Yeah. So you'd have to buy two PlayStation 4s in order to do that. Oh. (laughs) Or just find a friend who has one and then rent a house in the middle of nowhere and then bring all the PlayStation 4s to that house. And then everybody has a massive LAN party. Is that what we're all thinking? I mean, I assume yeah. that's what we're all thinking right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you're right, yeah. man. Okay. We should we'll, do it. I'll see it's how the, we can It's just, it seems it. like it's the only way to me. Yeah, I guess I would say this about Destiny. Um, you know, what is really cool is if you start playing it now, like Steve, I'm guessing your level 26 buff, it's not, I'm guessing it didn't buff like your you know, gun, uh, gun blade or, or, you know, those skills along with it. So was it just your level? The, the, uh, the class skills you mean? Yeah. Your class No, skills. it didn't buff. It did give me a bunch of, it gave me a whole bunch of rare, rare weapons and armor that seemed, you know, fine. And I've been doing all the story missions solo and I haven't, it's, it's been a bit of a challenge just because that's not the way they're designed. And I mean, they're designed so that you can have somebody revive you, or at least when you have one gigantic thing in the middle that it's, you can kind of have one person shooting at it while another, another person draws fire. And if you're trying to do it by yourself, it's generally more frustrating than it is fun. But, um, but I don't feel like I haven't had a story mission that I haven't been able to clear in with like 10 or fewer deaths. Yeah. But no, but no, it didn't give me any of the skills, but I did, I also did the, uh, so I picked the Titan for the level buff and I did the Sunbreaker quest right away, okay. which I don't think the new subclasses, you start from scratch with those anyway, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, so I've just been doing that and just picking one of the new subclasses and it would have been as though, you know, I started with that anyway. Cause I mean, that's, that's part of the fun of the expansion too. You know, that, that's all well and good. You know, Destiny is a game that doesn't really have a lot of area to figure out, right? Like, you're going to have to figure out the Black Gate and, you know, like Venus. You'll get to know Venus a lot and Mars. But it's not like an MMO where there's just so much land you can't see it all and know it all. Like, if you go through the Destiny main missions, you will cover these cool areas enough time in, like, the 20 hours it will take you to do that that, like, you will have a sense of Destiny, 
and you will be able to pick up, and now that light has been redone, like you will be able to go through levels 20 to 34 reasonably quickly, and then you can start going through, you know, all this content. And, you know, like anyone here on Isometric, like come roll with, uh, with uh, you know, come run with, roll with Feminist War Call. We'll take you through Vault of Glass. We will take you through Pistons of Elders. Like we will take you on this really cool adventure. Like, there are cool people in my clan. They want to help you do it. It's just like finding a good clan to to work with. Because if I had tried to do all of this solo, I would have given up on Destiny a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the, the thing is that, so I've been carried through a couple of strikes, mm-hmm. and it's, I don't right. know, there's something weird about it where you know that you're not really doing the work, so you're just kind of you know being carried through it right like that's that's the the term for it and it there's like i felt kind of empty after that you know what i mean like it was like we went through this thing and we went through like really really quickly i went through with sharif jackson a couple weeks ago we did a couple strikes and there was one that was i was over over level for he was ridiculously over leveled for and he's and like we blew through the final boss in like maybe three minutes and afterwards he's like that's not how it usually goes usually there's like a, a lot more waves of enemies and and i just kind of felt like okay well we did this but i didn't really feel like any accomplishment from that if that well, makes sense then you weren't setting the difficulty high enough because like the higher you set the level higher and then the rare loot that you get from that has a purpose like for instance uh maybe you need like ascendant shards to level up your gear higher. So if you can, you can certainly do a level, a mission on level 25 or whatever. If you bump it up to level 34, where the challenge actually is, then you start getting these rare components to like level up your weapons and to get them to the next level. So, you know, I would yeah. argue with all respect, you're just not understanding the systems no, there. That's fair. If you're playing, if you're playing content and you're under leveled for it. So, you know, this is like, I, I'll tell you this, like, let me introduce you a feminist work cult. They will party with you. Party with me this weekend. I'll be around, you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah, I'll I mean, we were trying to get that to work the, the other day and it just wasn't yeah. working out schedule yeah. wise, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still I, open to that i just yeah. you know i don't the, the other thing is and maybe it's not that's not the way you know it everyone's gone through the content it's felt it feels like you know you're kind of holding people back from doing the the more advanced content that they Steve, want to be like doing a guild point. is about having fun and playing with people and like my guild is super chill we like helping people and as we play we talk about the patriarchy and it's awesome so <laughs> no i totally be i don't for know that. It's, yeah. it's cool it's cool yeah. um i guess i would say i feel like this conversation is um kind of steering more towards the newbie question and and less about what they've changed. Yeah, and so go I realize ahead. I realize we need to wrap this up and move on to some of the other topics. I, I would say that graphically they've massively improved this game. And every area I'm in feels alive. The effects that they've done feel more alive. And it is um the differences they've made, like they brought some new weapon classes there. Um some of the the mechanics, like my hard light, I'm about to have to go replace my hard light with like a year two hard light and I can go buy it from a vendor. Like there's a lot of these mechanics. I'm still figuring it out. You know, I've only played it a couple of days so far, but I think if you're a hardcore destiny fan, if you made it to level 34, this is completely a game for you. And I, Again, like I, I cannot say this more clearly. This expansion shows that Destiny's 10 year plan is going to be viable, and we will be playing this game into PS5. So it's like 
if you're gonna like want to be on the ride, like now's a really good time to pick it up. Like, what is it, forty bucks, and you get everything? Uh, like, it's yeah. if you get the the one that I got at GameStop was sixty, though I did a trade in of the original one to um, to get the legendary version that had the game and all th- all three expansions. So it's sixty dollars. It's the price of a regular AAA game. Sure, and you get all last year's content in this. There's no server fees with it. You know, like it's it's a cool game. It's a really cool experience. I mean, so, I'll say that yeah. I did the Dreadnought level, and the Dreadnought area is like way more interesting than anything that that they had that I'd seen in Vanilla yeah. Destiny. Like it was like another level up, and this the story is definitely significantly improved enough to make it make you want to go back and do those story missions even if they're even solo even if they're challenging there it's enough to make you want to do that whereas the story in vanilla destiny felt like it was just there because they had to put something into fill time at, at least in the in, in the beginning I, I don't agree with that, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a good place to leave. It's a good game. It's a good expansion. I'm going to get through more of the content, and we'll, uh, we'll keep everybody prized. Um, so we will take a break and tell you that this episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, which is code for easy online payments. If you are a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. It's the payment solution used by like by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Uh, Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps uh, seamless and magical, and you can now add a similar experience to your own app. Uh, they have excellent customer service and simple integration, and Braintree gets you ver- ready to receive payments quickly. Um, they have continuous support and fast payouts, which means that you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Um, Braintree is also helping to solve the problem of mobile card abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make the payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. They give you a full-stack payment solution. They have support for PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more with a single integration. It's with you across all platforms, and with they have superior fraud protection. They have awesome customer service. And they pay out really, really quickly. So to learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to BraintreePayments.com slash isometric. And thank you so much to Braintree for supporting Isometric and all of Relay.fm. So uh, the other game that came out on Friday is Super Mario Maker, which (sighs) is... (laughs) Rocked the world with Mario goodness. Yeah, so if you have been dying to see Mario uh, travel on a conveyor belt for three minutes, you're, you're no. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I don't know if I can get through this topic if you're going to pronounce it Mario. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I really don't, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we get emails please. about that yeah, like every on, other week stop. or so. Just, just I, I, will, I will tell you what. As a concession for this week only, <laughs> I will pronounce it Mario. I will Thank do my you. best. Thank you. I will, right. I will concede. Right. I, after this week, all bets are off. <gasps> Wait, but at, but for this week only, just to get us through this topic, I'll pronounce it Mario. Let's see if you even can do that. Though. I don't know that I can. <laughs> I know. I feel like you're making a promise. Yeah. You can't. Keep. I need like a swear jar is, is what I need, like a Mario swear jar. You know, the people who pronounce it Mario are very vocal about it. Like they're very defensive about it. So like, it's not like we just get emails from people correcting Steve's pronunciation. We also get emails from people saying that they pronounce it Mario. So, I mean, you can email us either way. Anyway. I, I have been assured by a real Italian that it's pronounced the way I pronounce it, but we will we will go with Mario for, it's the, for this not, one. It's not. Mario pronounces it Mario, yeah. so it really doesn't matter. With Mario <laughs> pronouncing his own name, 
Now, look, you can talk to a real Italian that says, like, we call it Brianna. Like, but <laughs> my name is Brianna. That's how I pronounce it. Okay. Like, well, that's the end of the story. At least for this week, I will I will go your way. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll do it that can way. Can we talk about Mario Maker? Yeah, let's talk about yeah. Mario Maker. So this is the game that we've been... <laughs> That, this is like all that George and I have to contribute. I yeah. So you haven't I, played it at all? I haven't. I'm sorry. Okay. But I have been out of town for six days, <laughs> so there is that. But but please tell me how great it is. Well, it's so it's it's interesting, and there's been uh, there have been a lot of levels that have been submitted. Uh, and the level design is gamified, right? Like you have to actually level up in game in order to get certain things like the pipes and different types of level design. That that seems kind of strange to me, but it doesn't bug you? Oh, no. Well, it's not even so much that you have to level up. It's just that you have to like prove that you've been designing levels for a certain amount of time before it mm. will give you the next set. So it's kind of trying to ease you into... You know, they don't want to throw everything they, at you at once. They don't so think you're you. ready for yeah. green pipes. They you, think you won't be able to handle it. So you, they you, really need you to wait and prove your metal before you can use them. Okay. But I mean, it's also been really something that, you know, my kids have been really excited about. It's like, oh, we need to go get home and, and turn it on tomorrow morning, first thing, because they're, we're going to get the underwater set and then we can build underwater levels. And okay, well, then that's what we'll do. So it's kind of bringing them back. I mean, originally it was supposed to unlock over nine days and they've cut that down significantly. So do you feel like it's pretty fun as a multiplayer experience? Because that was kind of what turned me off about it. As a multiplayer experience? Well, you like described playing it with your kids just now. Well, it's mostly one of them doing it and the other two complaining that they haven't got, aren't getting a chance with it. When I, yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> see, that is what I would picture happening in my household where I would just be designing the level and Zach would get bored and leave and I'd be like, well, no, I'm not spending any time with him. This is mean. Um, but it, cause it's not really cooperative, but in theory, you could all design the level as a group, right? Hey, I'm back. No, Georgia, I am sending you right now pictures of Frank loving owning a Wii U, okay? I'm sending it to you right now. Look at this. Look how full of joy Frank Wu seems. Look at this. Look is at he this. playing Mario Maker? He right is. Now? He is. Okay, mm-hmm. now look at this picture of oh Frank my God. holding <laughs> the Wii U so- controller over his head like it's the Triforce. <laughs> that could be you, Georgia Dow. Why don't you have Mario Maker? Oh, that's so cute. That's <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to use that coin sound until you buy a Wii U. That's I think right. it's what it is. What it is. Sorry, I have to play that every time you guys say Mario or Mario. Yeah. How is Miyamoto <laughs> going to eat if you don't get <laughs> that? He does look like he's having an absolute blast. What do you think of the children? <laughs> how is he? How is he going to take care of himself? <laughs> Do it for the kids. What happened? It was funny actually. Uh, my hubby said he was. He almost bought it for me for my birthday. Uh, Wait, but what did he get you instead? Almost. A BBA? <laughs> Divorce. You know what? Now I'm thinking I don't even remember. Oh, I know. I remember what it was. You got I'm not even gonna say it because you guys will be like, I'm not even <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Is it not is it not G-rated, no, Georgia? Because no. I it's that's not appropriate for the show. <laughs> no, I bought really expensive markers. I bought a coloring book and really like like an adult coloring book and really expensive markers okay, that kind of fine. blend in. And well, I for people who don't like create things with literal markers so. and paper, there's Topic Mario markers, Maker. They're amazing. 
which is a new virtual game where you can create a world <laughs> virtually. <laughs> Oh, anyway, Steve, so, back so, to you. So how is, how is Fr- I want to, I'm curious what Frank's experience with Mario Maker is, other than that sadistic level that you, oh, that that you posted so on Twitter. Oh, that so great. You have to link to this video. So uh, I that goes in the show notes Yes, for that sure. will definitely go in the show notes. It's okay. Anyway, so the point is that Mario Maker is fun. And apparently the Wii U has really, really good games on it and everybody should get one. And I don't know why people are still making right, fun of the right. Wii U. That's maybe a separate topic. It's just something I'm personally Well, that's because the Apple about. TV is going to kill it. So that's why. Ugh, anyway, whatever. we had that conversation last week already. But so other, other than this, so other than the sadistic <laughs> level that, that you built for him, is he, what has his experience been with it as somebody who can't finish World War One? Is it here? Is oh, it here? Oh, is this it? Georgia? Oh, wait, wait. I need for you to get a Wii U. <laughs> no more excuses. No more excuses. Get a Wii U. This was, that was just a separate announcement. I mean, equally relevant. Equally relevant, to be fair. Equally important. Come on, you could be that playing Splatoon. You could be playing my troll <laughs> Super Mario level. That is brilliant. Georgia. Yeah, you're coloring, which is I probably could be. fun. You're absolutely right. And here I am coloring. Yeah, I'm gonna well, call Anthony and tell him to take away your BB-8 until you get a Wii U. I will. I will. Until you can provide us proof of an uploaded Super Mario Maker level. Don't you dare! Yeah. Oh my God, it's upstairs. <laughs> no, no. Bree, Bree says what she means and means what she says. It's true. It's true. So should I get Mario Maker? I mean, I have the ability to get it. I could just download yeah. it right after the show. Yeah. I she have does. an extra version of Mario Maker. Amazon sent me two for some reason. Oh, Gimme. Not that I mind <laughs> well, supporting you Nintendo. Me, you have to beat me in Peggle. Oh, well, well, all right. Level, I guess right? I'll just buy Maybe, it. <laughs> but Bree could play Peggle blindfolded to make it even. Mm. Yeah, that that would be a way that I would win, considering that I have no skill at Peggle whatsoever. It seems unfair that you got to pick which game we would face off at. <laughs> well, it's her copy of it. Right, okay. that's true. I guess that's true. It's we'll her copy. She gets out. to set the terms. All we'll right, I, you know, out, I'll yeah. just buy it. It's yeah, fine. no, it's. I mean, it's a good game. <laughs> I refuse to up. play She's your games. Up. She was so scared of the Peggle challenge. She's like, that's why, it. Why is everyone always so scared to play me in Peggle? I don't understand this. <laughs> it's because you have spent the entire duration of this show assuring <laughs> us that you're the greatest Peggle player <laughs> on am. the planet. I am one of the best Peggle players so that's, on the entire planet. I wouldn't say people are scared. I mean, now that now that Georgia said that I'm scared, it's because she knows that's effective and that's like what, how I will cave and play you. It's, it's an ex- ex- excellent... Uh, uh, psychotherapy tactic, Doctor Dow. I see your reverse psychology, or whatever the heck it is. I don't even know what it's called, and and I it's working on me now. I want to play it because you told me I was scared. Um, but yeah, I really, I actually don't think I've ever even have I said this on the show before. I don't think I've ever played Peggle before. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, oh my god! No, like between this Peggle. and Georgia saying she's never played Pokemon, I don't know who you people are anymore. I know. I. It's possible I did. I mean, oh no. Okay, no, I have played this game before. This is, I I looked it up. This game? 
You don't Peggle. even know what Peggle looks like? I mean, I've Maddie? played, like, Bubble Bobble. Uh-oh. I've played Uh-oh. lots of different, Maddie? like, similar... Uh-oh. I'm really sorry. It's just not Wait, my Did you just say that Bubble Bobble is similar to Peggle? It's got circles. <laughs> Uh-oh. I hear music coming from... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Maddie? <laughs> Steam right now and buy it. Is it on Steam? It's on Steam. It's on like everything that you can play a video game on at this point. Interesting. Is it on the Wii U? Well, uh, other than that. (laughs) (laughs) The the sound is like from like the uh, TV from the Poltergeist. It actually really does give me a little bit of like an anxiety response. Somebody in the chat room is backing me up and that we like talk about Peggle way more on this show than probably any other gaming show ever and that we act like Peggle is a a super big deal as well we should because apparently it is. Well, if you had a problem with that, you should have said so in the survey. So I don't have a problem with it, Steve. (laughs) That's true. No, the listeners, I'm saying, not you. I feel oh. like this would make a really good commercial. Like, Which Peggle like- game should I buy? There's like 10 different Peg- ones. Peggle 2, right? Or should she play Peggle the original Knights. Peggle for the for the full experience? Peggle Knights. Peggle Knights. Is that like the X-rated Peggle? What uh, is this? Peggle it's Favorites? One, it's the one with uh, Marina in it. Fine. I don't know which one to buy. I'm really going to buy it. Just tell me which one I should get. I, I like games. Hi, everybody. I'm Maddie Myers, and I like video games. And that's why I'm going to buy Peggle 2. I mean, Peggle 2 is going to be it's the one game. that you would do in a tournament, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although Peggle Knights is a superior game. Maybe we should talk about Mario Maker. Yeah, we should. Oh, <laughs> I, wanted, I, was, I was curious as to yeah. how you felt about the level maker, you know, as somebody who actually makes games for a living, like how well, you felt. I mean, it's, it's super simple, right? Like it's a grid based system. Um, it's. You know, you can look at it and see how they they've uh, really improved on the the programming of the original Super Mario Brothers. Um, you know, Super Mario Brothers originally is infamous for its terrible hit detection, which is why you can like go to the Wikipedia and type in Super Mario glitches and see people like leaping, uh, like enemies leaping off the bottom of the screen and Mario touching the top and killing them and flying over the flagpole in World 1-1. Um, you know, they've, they've built upon a lot of this and, and fixed it, even though it has like a lot of that super nostalgic vibe to it. Um, you know, I've got to complain about this. I'm sorry. God, Freaking dick. Why does Princess Peach have to get kidnapped again in this one? Yeah. Again. Again. Can they just think of anything else like... Oh. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Are you yeah. telling me that I can't make a level where I play as Princess Peach? No, you can. So what happens is that there's a mode called 10 Mario something. I forget what the name of it is. There's like a 10 Mario mode and a 100 Mario mode where you play through a series of levels the 10 mario mode is the nintendo built levels and the 100 mario mode is just random downloaded levels except that so it's got like a world map like super mario brothers 3 except that the whole premise of it is for some reason preach has to get captured and brought to bowser's capsule which is at the end of the the eight stages that you have to clear for no good reason whatsoever but uh, yeah (laughs) No. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. and you can't even play as Peach. I'm sorry. So this is the way that they they they've cheated. No! So, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> 
so I'm really mad. I might not I, buy it. You and me, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's also worth saying they don't have Super Mario 2 as one of the games you can play in here. The mechanic they came up with is you can take your Amiibos. Like, I recently got Zero Suit Samus. And I can touch her Amiibo to Super Mario Maker, and I can bring what is called a costume for Mario into that level. So you, you don't get to play as Princess Peach, you get to play as a costumed version of Mario. And it's really low rent, the yeah. the implementation of this. So they they couldn't even dedicate two squares to these costumes. So you have one square, um, they don't get leaf power-ups or fireball power-ups or anything like that. So you're stuck in like this small state where you can break blocks, but that's it. And, yeah, you know, the characters are so small, they don't remind you of anything. There's no nostalgia value. And, I mean, there's no great way to say this. So like it doesn't they, even, like, look like a Samus sprite? It's just... It, do, it doesn't look... No, it doesn't look like a Samus sprite from the from the Metroid games. It's like Correct. A, it's like a, a 8-bit Super Mario Brothers eyes version of Samus, basically. Huh. With some exceptions, like the Sonic one is re- looks like a 16-bit Sonic and stuff like that. But yeah, but for the most part, that's what it is. Yeah, it's really low rent. Yeah, though I-, I will say that my kids were like over the moon at this. They have there's like a whole cottage industry of levels to download that are just here's every costume that you could possibly have in succession, and then just turn it on, and they would go through every single one. And I guess there's like uh, an up an up A or up B. Uh, move that they'll do and it plays the mu- a little bit of music from them and i guess if you finish like the uh, the 10 mario mode mario mode or the 100 mario mode as peach there's like a little thing that toad says like oh i thought you were captured but here you are or something like that but it's <gasps> it's but it's it's not there's no reason for it i like just because they did it in super mario brothers one doesn't mean that they have to f- keep doing it you know that we're past that already and and you know my daughter's definitely picked up on that at the same time that I did. It's like, why are they doing this again? It's it's frustrating. It's insulting. It's lazy. It's it's frankly sexist. And, you know, that's what my piece in uh, Refinery 21 was about, that 29 was this week. So, yeah, this really amazed me. This really amazed me until I sat down and did the research for it. So Super Mario, Bro- Bro- Super Mario Brothers 2 came out in 1988. Yeah, I remember being a child in 1988 and being thrilled that Princess Peach was in it and I got to play it. And I remember thinking to myself, my God, thank you. From now on, all Super Mario Brothers games will like have playable women in them. Do you know it was literally... 25 years later until Nintendo let you play again as a a female character in a core Mario game. Super Mario 3, like, go through it. All of it. It wasn't until Super Mario 3D World came out that they had Peach and you could play as her again. So, I mean, this is just, it's a it's a really crappy oversight from the series. So, but, I mean, the game itself, if you can handle, like, the complete erasure of women for it, um, it's, the levels for it are really delightful. Um, I, I would say they they tend to go, you have amateurish levels and what they tend to do is put you in like kind of the equivalent of a bullet hell situation where it's like hey retry this incredibly hard sequence 50 times until you die um on the other hand of that you see ridiculously like creative ideas like um so there was this kafka-esque um <laughs> level that i tweeted the other day we should include in the show notes where like mario uh, grabs a costume, he turns into Waluigi, 
and he's stuck and he can only go out this way and he gets like all these creepy messages like Waluigi, you know that you are a failure. You can never succeed as yourself. Sacrifice yourself. Become your enemy. And then, like, you have to, like, leap onto a spiny. And then, like, you get rid of the costume. And then you become Mario. And you can defeat the level. It's genius. It's creepy (laughs) as frack. But it is certainly imaginative. I am working on a level right now. I hope I can have it done by the end of this weekend. Called Peach's Vengeance. Where you just start playing as Peach. And you're just murking every single fracking Bowser in your sight. It's just, Bowser's dropping right, left, Die, Bowser! And then, like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess the problem that I have with the game is that it's just hard to find those levels right now, at least in the game. I mean, you can find them through, like, Polygon, um, like, linking them. But actually, like, they have the level selector in the game that is just terrible. There are a lot of these levels. The levels tend to fall into, like three or four buckets there's the amiibo tours that are just boring there are these levels that are basically rube goldberg machines where you you just they say don't move and it just brings you through this series of conveyor belts it looks pretty cool but you're not actually doing anything and then there are the people who are trying to make some of these story-based levels or something that's that's actually challenging but it's it's just hard to after you've played through like the fifth or sixth amiibo fest it's it's just kind of it's frustrating trying to find something that's good out of it and it's not really a problem because that'll sort itself out eventually hopefully but the problem is that well (laughs) i don't know but the problem is that they have this hundred mario mode where you're it's just picking levels at random and it's very disconcerting when you're playing through it and you get one of these really well-crafted difficult like bullet hell-ish levels and then you get a couple of those in a row and then the rest of them are like conveyor belts and it's like well okay that was challenging and then i get a conveyor belt and it just feels wrong you know what i mean and it's like if you're going to have those, you need to be able to filter those out so that if you're playing something that you're expecting is going to be something of a challenge, that you actually get to play it and not just ride it, if that makes sense. Now, how does it – sorry, I, I thought that it was like it's a Mario Maker and you could like – you can't like – like how do you pick – how do you find these levels on the actual game? There's a course world area where you can you can pick them and they have a featured section and like a – uh, most starred section and like okay. a, on what's hot or what's trending. And I, I can't really see the difference between any of them. Uh, it just seems everything seems random. Like there's a difficulty selector, but that doesn't really mean anything because we put it on easy for the kids. And then we still ended up with these ridiculously hard levels. Mm. So I'm mean, hopefully, I mean, the only thing that's giving me any sort of confidence that they might fix it is Splatoon, that they've improved these things over time, but that they're finally learning how to do that. But it, it's, it's frustrating trying to find the stuff without somebody externally like curating it through some of the blogs and stuff like that. I was wondering because, um, you know, the way that we um, develop empathy is by actually doing something and walking in your own shoes so you can actually experience it. It's much dif- more difficult to develop empathy for something if you have no clue about it, if it's not something that's close to your own um, experience. And so I was thinking because I know that a lot of the articles are talking about how poor these levels are and how hard they are to make a level that's balanced and still interesting and not just too hard or too filled with treats or, you know, too quick. And so I was wondering, and I want to ask you, Brie, if do you think that after people having such a hard time to get a great level that they've created themselves on the Merrymaker, do you think that they'll have a little bit more thought about what goes into game development? 
Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Um, yeah, Polygon had a really interesting piece this week that uh, really affected my my thoughts behind Mario Maker design. So they got a Super Mario Brothers like super expert, uh, like one of the people that's best in the entire world at it, and had him put together a level. And he was putting together. It had lots of spaces and lots of things that rewarded certain gameplay ideas, like wall jumps or triple jumps. It showed like a lot of knowledge about what makes Mario fun. Like it's hard to jump X number of squares uh, if an enemy comes through here. This is difficult. Oh, let me do like the hardest turtle tipping room ever where you're forced to repeatedly jump over the shell. So I, I think that will make people think about those mechanics a little bit deeper because, again, it's not fun to have a Mario level where you're put into bullet hell and like you're just going to pass fail gameplay, which is something we tried to avoid. On the other end of that, they have levels called don't touch anything and you'll start it and like (laughs) Mario will be hit by a cannon and then like it's just like watching a fireworks show and like they'll turn into 50 different characters and like, oh my god, it's Link, Link's awesome and then like fireworks and then dancing stuff comes out and it's it's great, but there's no gameplay. Like you're just watching it. You can just watch that on YouTube just as easily. It's pretty awesome, actually. Um, But, you know, I think that I think you're really right that a lot of people believe that they can be, uh, you know, awesome level designers. And it's it's harder. I have to say this. Did did any of you see what I was tweeting this week about the boyfriend that was so jealous that his girlfriend had more successful Mario Maker levels that he huh. threw a temper tantrum and demanded she stop playing the game. <gasps> what? Yeah, really? That. Yeah. Yep. Totally believe that. Yeah. <laughs> what a baby. Yeah, <laughs> what a baby. I hope she figures it out. Yeah. Sooner rather than later. He, see, yeah. he sounds like a real winner. He does. <laughs> Marry him immediately. Put a ring oh, on it. Yeah. God. Ah. Uh. All right, so it's a we, good game. It's yeah, good I game. feel like I yeah. didn't. I don't know whether or not I should get it. So if I design my own level, I can put Peach in it. I like don't understand this, guys. Do you have a Peach amiibo? I don't have a Peach amiibo, but I have a Samus amiibo. So I think I can find a compromise somewhere. <laughs> I mean, because that's that's how you get the. I mean, you can unlock them. I think in other ways, but the the primary way that you get those costumes in is by putting your amiibo into uh, you know into the game and it's like the first game that's actually sort of made amiibo justified and i may or may not have been convinced to pre-order the retro pack that's coming out next week with rob and mr game and watch and uh i forget who who's the other one is wait, oh, wait, the Steve, Duck may have been convinced yeah. i somehow suspect that did not take much convincing. it, it didn't yeah it took yeah. me going to gamestop to buy destiny and then getting a sales pitch from the guy and maureen nudging me in that direction just enough to put the money all down, right so. all right <laughs> but we get the duck hunt dog and and rob and you know little rob not not big neglected rob like like georgia has oh oh, <laughs> oh now i well, feel bad for poor rob it's okay rob should we take a break or do you, do you have anything else you want to talk about on that or should we take a break? Now you can officially go back to saying Mario. <laughs> so this episode is also brought to you by Squarespace and you can start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter offer code isometric at checkout to get 10% off. And and we've told you about Squarespace before. Uh, it's something that we use to power fandas.biz where, again, you can go back and Buy all of the incriminating evidence about Georgia Dow in, in one uh, easy-to-follow uh, dossier. 
Uh, that's <laughs> easy to follow. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Are you are you saying the documents we? I mean, the facts add up, but I yes. I think it takes a real pro to yeah. parse through all of the information available. Yeah. I'll just put it yeah, I like way. to believe in the intelligence of our listeners that they'll of be course. able to follow all this evidence and the military intelligence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Patty, what's up with your journalistic corruption, yo? <laughs> like, you are in these documents, and you're trying to tell people they can't interpret what they can read with their own lying Listen, eyes? Listen, I... Like, yeah. Their own you lying know? eyes. <laughs> 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 I don't want to presume anything about our listeners. I, the facts are out there, and I'm just going to let them draw their own conclusions. Well, well I'm going to assume that they're very intelligent, but they also are very busy people, and they don't have time to build a website, so Squarespace makes that really easy. <laughs> With no coding required, and you can just use their tools, pick one of their templates, and go, and it's super easy. Uh, you can They have state-of-the-art technology. There are millions of people are running sites built off of Squarespace. We, you know, several of us have personal Squarespace sites that we're running also. Um, they've got live support in Dublin, Portland, and New York 24-7 to help you out. They have their commerce platform where you too can sell uh, – you can sell your own incriminating evidence about one of your podcast co-hosts on your Squarespace site. <laughs> And you could, uh, you could also, you know, just build a cover page. If you just want to get the information out very quickly, you could just build a single page and it'll look beautiful. Um, there's a dev platform. You can take the platform to where, do whatever you want. There are no limitations. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name so you can get exactly what you just want your site to be called. And the plan start is just $8 a month. So this is really a no-brainer. So just go start a trial with no credit card required. Start building your Square, your web. And start building your website today at squarespace.com. When you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code isometric to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for isometric. And thank you uh, so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay.fm. Uh, Squarespace, build it beautiful. But especially isometric. Yes. In fact, when you enter in your isometric code, don't make the mistake of putting in like I and then lowercase so metric like it needs to be all uppercase isometric like you want to tell Squarespace you want to put it in all caps just to emphasize is that true does it yes. need to be in all caps yes I can't confirm that but it's 100% true well if you Don't do that then your lying eyes then you me. get extra special energy points yeah. no th those aren't reflected in the bottom line at all on the actual price point but We'll know you're excited. All caps. If you're not sure, just go read the incriminating evidence again and think of what Georgia would want you to do. <laughs> right. right. Georgia, oh are you going to start your own side Squarespace site with incriminating evidence against me? Like, you could just... do that. Everybody else on the show has a Squarespace site or two, Georgia. Right. right. I probably should. I probably should. I should make I should make a Brie is not the best Peggle site. Oh, wow. oh. <laughs> Oh, I, I shrug off a lot of stuff, Georgia. Like, people out was there that, call me a liar and a fraud. To? Yeah, but you're insulting my pet. I, I, think, that, I think that was just a declaration of war is what that That's was. That's it. Oh. The show is, the show is, is never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same after this moment. I'm this is it. Like of a Frank beating Bree playing Peggle. All well, right. There, I mean, he... He's beaten me many times playing Peggle. The The beauty of Peggle is anyone can win any one game of it anytime. That is the beauty of the, the game design. You've the, said that so many times. And yet you have also assured us that on average you <laughs> will win 
significantly more games of Peggle. Well, yeah, because skill is still a thing. Yeah. So there's some random elements, like with Smash. Yeah. Or Hearthstone or anything else, yeah. 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 There's anything that has luck involved, but skill, you know, minimizes the luck element. I say it's, I say it's been a great energetic show. Let's look okay. at there. So yeah. then should we just go on to what we're playing then? Or? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? what? Wait. What? What? Guys. <laughs> Guys. Yeah. Hello. There is something we need to find out. Before we can go on to what we're playing. Okay. 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 So we're gonna we're gonna give them a, give them a break and tell them tell them here. Yes, we can tell it here. Okay, and not only that, I'm gonna tell you the exact score breakdown of how many people voted for Mechagodzilla and how many people voted for Georgia Dow. It was a landslide victory for Georgia Dow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 435 people voted for Georgia Dow. Yes! And 63 people voted for Mecha okay, Godzilla. So you? Georgia, Georgia, yeah, 63 people <laughs> listening people. out of the 500 survey responses. So that's a lot of pressure when Mecha Godzilla inevitably does invade Georgia. Yeah, it is because those 63 people are going to be riding on his back and they're going to be like, yeah. Get her. You better be careful. <laughs> anyway, that's that's thirteen percent versus eighty seven percent. You know what I'm thinking? Voter fraud. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, well, we, we don't know. Machines. I so, feel like this is another situation where listeners can download the documents on Georgia Dow and draw their own conclusions yeah, yeah. about right. what exactly. might have gone on. Well, we'll make yeah. sure we'll make sure to implement a voter ID program before the next survey. I mean, the data actually does include logged IP addresses for every single person, but we don't know that Georgia Dow didn't individually <laughs> go to all of those different IP addresses and use a computer in that area. That we don't true. actually know. I, I mean, she could have hit them all in her drive down to Florida and back. Absolutely. I mean, about- we have no way of knowing. What about, you know, Canada's control over the world's communication infrastructure with Leviathan? Like, you know, they can fake this, right? It's Absolutely. Like NSA, Absolutely. You know? right. Honestly, yeah. I don't think I don't think any of the data that we gathered in the survey is valid as a result. Like I, I just think we should probably throw it all out because I we just don't know, you know? I mean Georgia Dow may have entered uh-huh. all of this information. Uh-huh. I mean, we'll just have to set up, uh, you know, a title belt <laughs> and and find out for sure. Really, it's really all we have to do. Mecha Godzilla is going down. Wow! <laughs> I can't believe, I actually am kind of impressed that that many people did vote for Mecha Godzilla. And just think, your husband was one of those sixty-three people. I know he's un- totally unapologetic. Too. I don't know. Like- I don't know about this guy, Georgia. He voted for <laughs> Mecha Godzilla. He won't buy you a Wii U. <laughs> I feel like if he buys your Wii U, then what you need to do is gauge his reaction to how successful your Mario Maker levels are, and that's how you'll know whether or not he's worth it. Is that how I'll know? If see. he's supportive of you, then you'll know that it's it's a good relationship. Yeah. Mm. I have to see. Anyway, so what do you play in Georgia? Um, okay, so besides that I've been like like playing with my BB eight on my um on on my uh, iPhone the entire time, driving him around everywhere. Um, I've also played a whole bunch of retro games. So it was um, Bomberman Two. Yes. It was, uh, which is like probably one of my favorite games. I love that game. Um, and then it's uh, Tetris Battle Gaiden, which is an amazing game, and um, a little bit of Star Fox sixty four. The ori- on the original N sixty four on the uh, oh you don't have a three DS anyway, right? No, I do. I do. No. Yeah, I do have a 3DS somewhere, I think. But no, no, I'm the original. 
I mean, obviously, it's not on the Wii U Virtual Console, so. Mm. Oh. Of course it isn't. Oh. It wouldn't be. Steve. Steve. I got to play that game again. I have that for the 3DS. I have to pick it up, pick it up again in my copious spare time. That's yeah. That's a good game. It's still a great game. Yeah. I say quit Destiny and play this new game called Star Fox. It's pretty cool. <gasps> so, Brie, what are you playing this week? Oh, God. Well, obviously, a bunch of Destiny. Um, I finally got through Metal Gear Solid Five last weekend. And, um, you know, it's it's a good game. It gets super repetitive very quickly. I could mm-hmm. get through and beat Chapter 5 right now. Uh, chapter 2, rather, which has some more story. But I got to be straight. Like, I'm kind of just burnt out on it. And, you know, Super Mario Maker came. Uh, so I've been playing that instead. Also, Forza 6 came out. Um, you know, like, our, our survey results showed that uh, a lot of people are not super passionate about uh, racing games in our audience. So I, I will say this is a huge upgrade from Forza 5, which I thought was terrible. I thought it was the worst one in the series so far. The um, the music for it is still kind of bland, but you can play as a, a woman race car driver for the first mm-hmm. time in the series, which I appreciate. The car selection is better. The mechanics are better. Um, the the graphics are more solid. It's just it's more Forza, and I love it. It's 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 a very very solid release. Um, I'm also working my way through uh, Danganronpa, uh, another story. I yeah, Steve, I gotta ask why and you know, I'm not I'm not criticizing you when sure. I say this. I I truly don't understand how like how you could have because you got through chapter three in Danganronpa and kind of put it aside. Am I correct? Yeah, isn't about there like that? a cliffhanger situation involved with that game? You I think this was an ADD situation is what it was. I think I got okay. I had I got the problem was that I got that at the same time as the Vita, and I had so many different games that I, I got all at the yeah, same time. Yeah, our got game of the year show. We had to yeah. play like every game. It was a bad time. Which was awesome, though. But I need, yes. I do, you know, and I keep feeling like I need to just pick it up and finish it, and it's like... I got to get it, too, because I finally have a Vita now, and I keep meaning to get it. Yeah. So. And oh, it's, Maddie, yeah. I have an extra copy of Super Danganronpa. Just Why do you have too, extra so. copies of all Every this stuff? Time, I don't understand. <laughs> I really don't. Amazon sometimes sends me two copies of stuff. And That's nice. And I'm not going to complain about yeah. it. But yeah. it happened with Danganronpa. It, it, it's happened with, like, four games. So wow. um, I don't know. I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> so <laughs> That's, like, the uh, best error ever. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, no, That's but sweet. so you're talking yeah. about Danganronpa, another, another episode, uh, because I haven't really talked about this. It is a better game and it's a much worse game at the same time. And what I mean by that is they, they took the Danganronpa formula and they, they turned it into a Resident Evil style over-the-shoulder shooter. In fact, I would say it's very similar to Resident Evil 4. It's not really that twitch-happy with you're dealing with a bunch of enemies at once, and the way your gun works is it, it kind of sets up puzzles. So a good example of that might be you would use a dance bullet on a siren Monokuma to make him start dancing, and then like you would cause you would use a knockback bullet on a bomber Monokuma to cause him to fly back and like blow up a bunch of Monokumas. So it's very, very tactical and slow. Um, but the reason I play Danganronpa game isn't that, it's the story, right? And it's getting to know the characters. So you know, this version of Danganronpa, the characters are 
kind of echoes of characters we've already seen before. Like you see somebody's mom, you see somebody's brother, you know, you see um, an all new character that's somebody's sister. So it's, it's not really establishing new space and letting you get to know new people, which is really what makes Danganronpa fun. And there haven't really been those, those plot twists that Danganronpa is all about yet. Um, I will say this game is dark. It is amazingly dark. And they, they do this thing in Danganronpa where they don't show the violence of it. So what they do is like they portray blood with this uh, hyperfluorescent pink. And along with that, um, like you'll see all the adults that the children are murdering in this game. And they don't show the adults like being stabbed to death. They're just these amorphous like blobs that are walking around. So imagine mm-hmm. a skeletal mesh with just a emissive, I'm sorry, I'm getting too technical. Imagine a glowing character walking around instead. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what they've done with it. But there, there aren't these the story isn't there even though the gameplay and production values are drastically higher so i would say this game well you know it's it's still good it's still good and you know i like this because this is the first game that you know stars a woman actually stars two women and you know that's pretty cool uh it's just so far the story is not as good but um you know it's if you haven't played a danganronpa game it's definitely a good place to pick it up and kind of get into it a bit and you do know that you're getting danganronpa 3 eventually that they announced yes so at least very excited about that i do have to say um like looking at the danganronpa series i think another episode Makes a lot of sense because I don't know how long they can skate by on these visual novels because as much as I love the story, um, you know, it's like there's a point where the kind of convoluted, ridiculous storyline like Lost kind of just breaks <laughs> down and it doesn't work anymore. And I I think it's to their credit that they're breaking out and saying, let's try a shooter. Yeah, let's try these different types. So. Um, I really don't know how they can come back for Danganronpa 3 if it's going to be another, um, you know, like another mystery novel book. I mean, I'll play it and enjoy it, but I I think there's a point where they're going to need to innovate with this IP. Yeah. Especially if it's yeah. coming out for PS4 also, and not just like on Vita where visual novels Yeah, really so our well. listeners might be able to play it if they yeah. don't have a Vita, but they do have a PS4. Yeah. So I don't cool. understand. Yeah, you know, Danganronpa is imported over to iOS. yeah. But not for the United States, though. But not for the United States. I have no idea why they didn't put that out. Um, but I would say until someone goes through and ports this game over to PS4, it's not going to get mainstream appeal because just not many people own Vitas. It's really yeah. a shame because this yeah. is the best IP I think I've seen in the last decade. I wonder if they could, though, because, I mean, they've already ported Tearaway, and they're now they just announced they're porting Gravity Rush. So maybe they're going to start taking some of the bigger Vita games and porting them over so that they get more of an audience, hopefully. I hope so. I feel like yeah. it would make sense if they're already putting Danganronpa 3 yeah. on there. You'd yeah, you think. would think that they do that around then and, you know, introduce people to the story. So, mm-hmm. uh, so Maddie, tell us about XOXO. Okay, so um, do you guys mind, like, a little bit of spoiler stuff? Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys are planning to play Tacoma or Sybil or Firewatch. Those are the main things that I... Played. I don't think spoilers affect your enjoyment. Yeah. I don't uh, either, yeah. but um I usually don't like spoilers, but I don't think I'm going to play any of those. Yeah, I okay, don't I don't cool. care if you spoil it. Cool, cool, cool. Well, listeners, yeah, you can skip ahead. Just skip, yeah. Um cuz I'm going to talk about the demos. Uh and there were people there 
who I talked to um, who were like, I'm not going to play those because of spoilers. And I was like, is that a thing we're doing now with game demos at cons? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so um, Tacoma is uh, by Fulbright, which is based in Portland. And um, this is the first time they showed a demo anywhere. And I haven't really seen that many people writing about it, but um, I really enjoyed it. It's a follow-up game from Gone Home, but it doesn't have anything to do with the universe of Gone Home, but I would say it's the same genre of game. And um, Gone Home's a game where you explore a house and look at everything in the house and then sort of discover a mystery as you're doing it and, and piece together what happened there. And Tacoma, you're doing that, except it's, uh, it's science fiction. You're doing it on a spaceship in the future. Um, so even though it's the same type of game, instead of being this like very gritty humanistic story that happens in our world, it's uh, still a gritty humanistic story, but it happens on a spaceship. So um, that's pretty cool because I really <laughs> like spaceships. And um, I think you're playing as a female character in it. Uh, it doesn't really matter, I guess. There's a lot of women in it that you talk to and you're just sort of this uh, wordless woman walking around the spaceship and exploring it and the spaceship has been abandoned by the astronauts who used to be there but there's still these holographic projections of those astronauts who you can talk to and sort of they've preserved um their experiences via these projections sort of like a futuristic live journal situation where you kind of like go around and collect these clues about what happened but people intentionally left these obviously um and obviously like the first thing you notice is that the woman who's your boss on the spaceship is like this older black woman and she's like a larger woman which is really cool that they like have her be your boss and she's the first character who you meet and she's the one who's like walking you around and it's clear that you're friends i thought that was really cool um and then there's other characters too of like all shapes and sizes and and ethnicities and um they got voice actors for it already although the graphics don't look done um like some of the holographic stuff it's just not like ready yet that part of it isn't as polished but um i really really liked what i saw so far and just like getting to explore the spaceship and like talk to these different characters like they all um stand together on this sort of <laughs> I was going to say holodeck, but that's really not what it is. It's like <laughs> it's like an, a circular area together where they're all hanging out and you're sort of hanging out with their holograms and all of them are watching this star explode in space and like reacting to it together. And it's like a, an experiment and they all have these different reactions. And it was really, really cool like to sort of have these events happening live, quote unquote, but they're in the past and you're exploring them now. And I obviously don't know what's going to happen in the game, but it's very spooky and it reminded me of Metroid a little bit in like a, obviously in a good way, but I'm saying that, but in the sense that you don't know <laughs> why the spaceship is abandoned. Obviously you're assuming something has gone wrong and you're going to have to figure it out. Like a lot of the systems are offline and um, like Gone Home was very like spooky haunted house kind of a feel. And this is more of like a spooky haunted spaceship sort of a deal where it's more of a science fiction concern where you're like, okay, what happened? Are all these people dead? Like, are these ghosts? So anyway, I really, really liked it. It was again, only a few minutes, but I thought the characters that they introduced so far were really cool. And so that's probably going to be like a day one buy for me just based on that. Um, 
Okay, so Sybil is this game that I think we mentioned on the show before, Brie. I think you mentioned it a while back. Um, Nina Freeman's making it. She yeah. actually works for Fulbright now, but they're letting her finish this game before she helps them out with Tacoma. Um, and so she did a demo of Sybil at um, XOXO. And it is a game about a relationship that she had when she was younger. And the game juxtaposes like actual video footage that she took of herself when she was in high school and like video video footage that she shot of herself now because she still looks very young and and beautiful and like sort of like juxtaposes that and like you sort of are meant to assume that she's still in high school even in that footage and like so there's that really creepy realism of like oh this game is really literally about nina there's like a cut scene of her really there <laughs> like talking to you um and that's juxtaposed with like a diablo like game that she's playing with her boyfriend at the time and so she like actually made this game where you play as a character in the game but then you like see the desktop of your computer where like chats are coming up from the guy and like video chats or like pictures and stuff. And you can like exchange messages with him. And like, it's this like super personal, super uncomfortable game. And it's intended to be uncomfortable because you're like, Oh my God, this high school girl is going through this really depressing thing and you're really worried about her, but also you're playing it in her shoes and you're feeling how stressed out she would be by that. And also juggling literally playing this game at the same time. And that's like such a cool way to show how a relationship works by having like this cooperative game happening with your AI partner. And then also having these chats coming in all the time that you're supposed to navigate at the same time. So that's like a really, really clever, awesome way to make a game about a relationship, I thought. So obviously, I friggin' love that too. So anyway, um, Firewatch is the third one. Um, and then I promise I'll be done. Uh, so Firewatch, I actually was like also thinking this is going to be a day one purchase for me. But then like, I wasn't as sure about it once I actually saw the gameplay for it. I may well still get it. Obviously, if I review it for work or something, I would do it. But um, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm less sure about it now that I've seen the demo. And so Firewatch is also by a new, new company called Campo Santo. And the lead writer for it is Sean Vanneman, who wrote The Walking Dead, which maybe you guys are familiar with. It won a ton of awards, mostly for narrative stuff. Um, and so he got a lot of accolades for, like, writing a story with this black character. And, like, that's cool. But, like, and I do think he's a really great writer, but, like, he is a white guy. And, like, he is writing, like, black characters and female characters. And he has gotten a lot of credit for that. I... That's sort of a tricky thing for me personally, where I'm like, well, it'd be cool if you hired some other people to help you. But I do actually think he's a good writer, so I'm not going to be too hard on him there. However, I watched a whole lot of people play the Firewatch demo, and you play this game as a male character who's going through a divorce, and throughout the entire game, you're talking to this woman... Um, who's your boss on headset the whole time. And there's sort of an implied relationship that develops between the two of you. And, but you are playing as this guy and he's sort of like disgruntled about his divorce, which like, sorry, but that's just not a story I'm going to relate to ever. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to inherently have trouble relating to like a middle-aged white guy talking to a disembodied female voice who he's supposed to be falling in love with. Like, that's just never going to be my thing. 
So there's like an inherent problem there where I'm like, eh. but I want to give it a chance because I really like narrative based games and this is a love story. So whatever. But the demo portion that they chose to show I also like watched a guy play through the demo portion like a total jerk like the first time I watched it. So that probably also unfortunately colored my opinion of it. But by the same token, they put in those choices where you can act like a jerk. You know what I mean? So that is part of it too. So I watched this guy play through this part. You're playing as this guy who walks through the woods and he's supposed to be checking for forest fires. That's like the premise of the game. And um, at the beginning, you're like, there's some campers who are setting off fireworks. You need to go find out what's up with that. And you go to their tent and you find their clothes drying on a rock. And it's like women's clothes drying on this rock. And you're like, okay, um, so I guess they're swimming. And then you start walking towards the lake and you find a bra. And then you keep walking and then you find another bra. And then you get to the lake and there's two naked women in the lake, skinny dipping. And you can watch them. And they're like laughing and stuff. And like, you can't see anything. But anyway, it made me really uncomfortable because the way that this guy chose to play that part was that he immediately, like the player immediately was like, I'm going to walk out into the lake towards these two women. And he tried to walk as far as he could. And the women, if you do this, will respond by yelling at you and making fun of you and being like, you're a creep, you're a pervy old man, don't come out here. And then this player chose to react with anger at the women and tell the girl over his voice thing, I hope they drown. Like that was the dialogue that this guy chose. I know. I know. And like, then he went over and picked up their radio that was playing while they were in the lake and threw it in the lake at them. And it doesn't hit them. But I was just like watching this guy and I was like, what the heck is wrong with this man? Like, holy moly. So like that made me feel really weird to watch. And like people were like laughing as this happened, which was really uncomfortable. And I just was like, uh, I don't know if I like this game now because yeah. I because then that scene is immediately followed up by a moment where the female character is supposed to go on to flirt with the protagonist. Oh. And that will happen no matter how you act, you know, because like that's how the game is set up. And so anyway, that the woman who you maybe fall in love with, her name's Delilah. And if you know anything about the Bible, then you probably know (laughs) where this story's going. Like Uh. she's probably going to betray you. And maybe there will be a cool storyline there. Like I know Sean Vanderman has written like cool female characters and cool characters of color before. And that he is like a total quote unquote SJW when it comes to this stuff. And I want to trust him and I want to like believe that as the lead writer, he's written an interesting story for Delilah. But the thought of a woman hearing a man say that he hopes these two strange women drown and then go on to like flirt with him. It was just really weird for me to see that. And like, maybe it's going to turn out that she's manipulating him in some way, but even that, what does that say exactly? And like, I don't know. I just feel really weird about it. And watching that playthrough made me feel really bad. <laughs> so I just wanted well, to share yeah. it with everybody. Yeah. I mean, so was the the writer the one doing that particular playthrough? No, no, no. It's just like a player waiting in line to do oh. it. Yeah. And Sean wasn't there. Um, one of the other 
people from Campo Santo was there. So I, I would have actually liked to have asked Sean about like his writing choices for it and do an interview. Yeah. But unfortunately, I didn't have the, the chance to do that. And also, like, I don't know, when the game comes out, I would be interested to know what's going to happen. But like the fact that those choices are available and like the fact that they even put that scene in the game seems really strange to me. And it's it's really not clear to me what that scene is supposed to make me feel like. Do you know? Like, I yeah. actually don't know. Well, Georgia, can I ask you? I mean, the psychological consequence of that is by putting the choice in the game, it kind of normalizes that behavior, right? Like it's saying this is within the range of you know, behavioral choices here if you don't show consequences to it. Or am I mistaken about that? No, you're absolutely right. And not only does like a t- a two, like the problem is that a lot of the people that are gamers are people that have non-developed ga- like brains, right? Like your brain is not fully cooked until you're about 24. And so you're playing these games when the, the, the most influential way to learn behavior, the way that we learn behavior is by mimicry, is by seeing other people and what they do and what are the causes and effects to that. That's how we learn consequences. And that's the first thing that we teach parents is, you know, if you really want your child not to smoke, the best thing to do would be not to smoke or at least not to let them know that you smoke. Um, but then you're teaching them to be sneaky. It's a lot another story. Um, <laughs> But that's how we learn. We learn from seeing that. And so by not having a consequence, by having the girls still be like, that's okay, we actually unconsciously learn that that type of behavior becomes okay and there's no consequence to that. Now, maybe later on there will be a consequence to these actions and, you know, the best games are ones in which there's a cost to what choices you make so that you have yeah. to think, which would actually help their frontal lobes, the part of your brain that deals with consequences to actions. That would actually help them in development because you're going to be careful. Should I drink this? Should I not drink this? This could make me die and you will think before you act. Just by, by teaching someone that actions have no difference in consequence, that's already underdeveloping the part of your brain that you want to overdevelop. And so it it affects people on a a greater scheme than we know. That's exactly why we had, um, you know, we had consequences in Rev 60, such dire consequences for killing your friend. It was for that exact reason. How many games have you played where you just kill someone and then that's the end of it? It doesn't matter. Yeah. We also tracked certain decisions that you made as far as killing certain people in the game, like certain enemies. No, but those are my favorite games are the ones that I know that if a game I I realize through the game and, and I learned that really early that it doesn't matter if I take 16 hours, the timer's still not going to blow and it doesn't matter to me. Or if I shoot this person or don't shoot this person, there's nothing to it. I don't find that as interesting. Yeah. Um, and I do, and so, for what it's worth, I do actually think this is a game where that is going to matter. And right. it's entirely possible that there will be like really cool consequences down the line. But unfortunately, that wasn't in the demo. And mm-hmm. the other thing, and like Georgia, you probably even know the psychology of this too. But like when this guy was playing this, he was with two of his friends who were laughing their heads off and like encouraging him to play in this uh, way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so like, I and I know that they were not thinking about how it looked to me standing there. Or how it looked to anybody else standing there watching them play this. And so I guess I would just say, like, if you're at a con and you're playing a game, just just try to remember that there's other people there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, besides your friends who think you're hilarious. And also, like, don't encourage your friends to do this because it made me so uncomfortable to watch this. 
it's it's um and I, I won't go fully into it, but it is it goes back to that feeling of empathy. So everything changes for you when you have you know um, you know if someone and the closer you are, the more you can develop empathy um, faster for different groups. Unless of course the closest would be you yourself are going through this. And so once you have a child, you think how does this child interpret the world when you have a little girl? If uh, yourself or your friend are are gay and you haven't come out yet, and you see how are are people being being treated in that and then you suddenly say wait a second and you see the world from a different facet which is so powerful for us but unfortunately through most of our development we're very egocentric and the only world that actually matters is only our own circle of of what affects us and slowly if we're lucky to to become more um, evolved as um, a person, then we start seeing different facets of how other people might see the world and how it might affect them. So even when I see people that are made fun of, you know, on YouTube videos or on video games and they're dealing with, you know, and they're, they're freaking out or they're yelling and so people are laughing at them and I'm thinking this person probably has an illness that they haven't treated and they're having a panic attack and they're scared and so it, it changes my way of, like, you know, being able to enjoy certain things and um, I think that we always have to take that into consideration. Anyway, Steve, what were you playing this week? <laughs> I will go I will go quick, but I, I so I went to the Boston Festival of Indie Games this weekend and I took my oldest daughter with me, which was actually good because she uh she picked some things that I probably wouldn't have played because I'm old and stubborn in my ways, but she found some stuff that was actually pretty cool. I'll I'll go really quickly. There was this game called Ultimate Chicken Horse, <laughs> which is like a competitive <laughs> platform level building game where you have four people and each person gets like one element to put in a platforming level and then everybody has to try to get to the other side of it and so you can put a platform or you can put down like a a trap or like a cannon or something like that and then everybody has to try to get through there so you're trying to like make a level that you know you can build but the other people might not be able to and it it was a lot of fun for like a a couch uh, competitive type of thing. Um, and there was this game called Mile Age, which was this interesting, like, spy hunter set in Mad Max, like, endless racer type of thing for iOS. That was pretty fun. Um, and she brought me over to this game called Rocket Golfing. And hear me out, because the, we all remember my dark desert golfing time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we do. Um, this is like desert golfing, but with, like, a lot of actual depth to it so he's kind of took the 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 core mechanic of desert golfing and then it's kind of like a super mario galaxy type of thing where everything's on a planet and uh so you're you're kind of like circling orbiting the planet when you're when you're hitting the golf ball and so each of the planets is procedurally generated and has like realistic physics based on like the size of the planet so a larger planet will have higher gravity than like an asteroid which has barely any any gravity and you it has some courses where you're hitting it from one planet to another or bouncing off a bunch of different asteroids to get to the final place and then uh eventually like you start finding civilizations on some of the planets and you start like buying power-ups from like these terminals that they've left behind there there comes a point where you actually get to name your own galaxy and it will procedurally generate the entire galaxy based on the name that you give it um it's really i've been playing it for the past few days it's out now it's a lot of fun 
And it's really, really well done, especially given that it's, like, one person who did the original design for, like, 48 hours in a game jam, and then it's just been refining it over the last couple months. So if you like desert golfing at all, I can't recommend rocket golfing enough. It's it's a lot of – it's got some rough ev- edges, but it's it's a lot of fun. Does it look like anything compared to desert golfing? It's actually got graphics. It's not, like, four colors. Wow! Like, like there are some pla- like there are some pl- levels that have like vegetation, and you can actually see like leaves and stuff like that. It's not like it's not like there's a there's the rock, you know. There's actually <laughs> like when you come on like an alien city, there's actually like an alien city that's kind of in the background that you can that looks like something. Hmm. So it looks like desert golfing, but with real physics and real gameplay, and and looking like somebody paid attention to the to the aesthetics of it. Hmm. So. You know, it's got some rough edges and some some weird menu things, but it's it's pretty well done. Cool. And then the other thing that I played is this game called Smorball, S-M-O-R-B-A-L-L, which is kind of like a typing of the dead meets Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, I love Plants vs. Zombies. So you've got – it's a web-based game, so you have like a bunch of football players guarding one end, and then you have a bunch of robots that are coming at them, and then you have to type a word to get to get your football player to attack the robot. Um, which is in by itself is not really all that interesting, but what's interesting is that the words that they're using are sourced from OCR that they're that is coming out of a project where they're scanning a whole bunch of historical texts into searchable text. So the words that they're using to power the game are actually the ones that the OCR programs couldn't translate, so they're crowdsourcing what the words actually are. So playing this game is actually helping some of the th- this research project that's taking these uh, you know physical texts and scanning them in and making them searchable and accessible via the internet. So I thought that that was a really cool project that in a way that they're using games to do something beyond just provide entertainment but actually make you know a tangible difference in the world. So I thought that I spent a little bit of time talking with uh, Max Simon who was the person who was there from it and telling me about how their the OCR works and they have multiple OCR programs that are like disagreeing and then how they're putting those into the game and then using that to you know tell if they're close enough that it'll give it a victory or not even though they really don't know what the word is um but I thought that's really cool and it's a cool project that if you want to spend a little bit of time and you're just like looking to kill a little bit of time you could actually help a project while having a little bit of fun in the process so I have to say if you've read the newest uh if you've read the newest girl with the dragon tattoo novel you know, that kind of implementation of the game, it, it's not always a happy ending, right? Like, there's a, a lot of abuse that's you know, possible with that core mechanic, too. So I feel like I've got to throw that in there. But that's, that's cool. I mean, hopefully that's, you know, I, hopefully that, you know, that... Oh, of course, this will yeah. never be used it... for evil. <laughs> <laughs> never. Uh, never. Yeah. No. Well, people are fundamentally good, right? Yeah. So I don't believe that. After the <laughs> <Yeah>. I don't. <sighs> uh, I don't either. Yay, pessimism. Yay, 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 civilization. Anyway, so we should wrap this up. Yes, <laughs> we should. Okay, so uh, as always, you can find the show notes for the show and every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can send us uh, your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Uh, we are uh, – you can rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh, that helps us out a lot as always. Uh, we are, as always, part of the AmazingRelay.fm network where you f- can find Bree's technology show Rocket along with a lot of other fantastic shows. And but really can, just Rocket. But really just Rocket. That's <laughs> really wait, all wait, that matters. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs>
long pause. <laughs> Go review Rocket on iTunes. Do it. And while you're there, I guess you can review our yeah. show. And then buy Georgia yeah. Wii U. Um, yeah. Georgia review Wii U. us. Yes. Uh, and you can Reviews. follow all of us on on Twitter. The show's account is Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good and Brie. Where can people find you? <laughs> Space Carcal and Maddie, Samus Clone and Georgia. <laughs> uh, if you're dealing with anxiety and want to deal with it at home, Anxiety Dash Videos. And yes, there's one in the mail. <laughs> and because <laughs> I feel guilty every like, along with the check. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> And um, at Georgia underscore Dow. I almost forgot completely what my Twitter handle was there. I think it's anxiety-videos, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yes, exactly. Or you can message me there. Uh, so uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to uh, Braintree and Squarespace for p- sponsoring the show. And uh, so is the show over? The show is over! The show is over! Yeah. Yeah.